0: Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training, by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at Roth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth.
1: Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Bill Rumpke. Thanks for joining us, Bill. Thank you, Mike. Before we uh, get started, let me tell everyone what some of the uh, upcoming shows are. We have next week a fellow named Ken Lewis, who is the owner of the New Rift Distilling Company. That's the new bourbon distillery on the grounds of the party sauce in, I guess it's Bellevue, not Newport, Kentucky. Now he's going to be talking about what he did at the party sauce and how he turned that into a an co- employee-owned operation so that he could operate his own bourbon distillery uh, called New Riff. The following week, we're going to have Matt Fisher, who is the CEO of Curiosity Advertising. And then on the 31st of October, I don't know if that's fitting for Halloween, but we're going to have Tom Quigley in. And Tom has been in the healthcare industry as an insurance a- agent broker, and uh, runs a um, third-party administrator company now with his wife. He's going to talk about how to take advantage of the Affordable Care Act. That should be an interesting show. Uh, A couple of things that are happening here at Sandler. Uh, Next week on Wednesday, we still have a few open seats for the Transforming Leaders the Sandler Way. That's going to be done here in Cincinnati from 2 to 5 p.m., and we're going to be up at the Crown Plaza Holiday Inn. Pfeiffer Road and uh, seventy one. If you're interested in attending, or you have people in your organization, we still have a few seats available up there. Mention that you heard them on the radio, and you can buy it at the ridiculously low price of one hundred and seventy five dollars a seat for those three hours. Following week, uh, we have the Sandler Business Series, Business Builder Series continuing. This this time, we're going to be at the Cincinnati Fire Museum, and we're going to have, the program is going to be the eighth. And the rules that have stood the test of time. This is a, an exciting program because this is the first time that I've done this program here in the Cincinnati Marketplace. That's Wednesday the 22nd. If you're interested in either one of those two programs, you can call the office at 513-753-9400, extension 106, and speak to Brittany. Okay, Bill, let me tell everyone about you. Bill is the president and CEO of Rumpke Waste and Recycling. Bill Rumpke, Jr. is the president and chief executive officer of Rumpke Waste and Recycling. William has over 36 years of industry experience. He began his career working as a general laborer, driver, and manager before founding Rumpke's Central Ohio Hauling Market. Now, we'll have to talk about what that means. In 2002, William accepted a promotion to become Rumpke's chief executive officer, chief operating officer. During his tenure, Rumpke experienced unprecedented growth. This year, William was promoted to president and chief executive officer. Today, Rumpke is the 10th largest waste and recycling firm in the U.S. That's pretty good since Cincinnati is not really the biggest market in the U.S. No. Uh, How many other cities do you operate in?
2: Uh, We're a Midwest company. We're all over most of the state of Ohio. The bigger cities that we're in are Columbus, Cleveland, Dayton, Louisville, Lexington, so we're kind of uh, cover a big part of Ohio and a big chunk of uh, Kentucky and part of Indiana.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Rumpke continues to grow and expand sustainability services for companies and homeowners, offering new recycling options and implementing systems to convert waste into energy and fuel. That should be interesting. We'll have to talk about more, more about that. William was honored as the South Central Ohio and Kentucky Entrepreneur of the Year in 2012, He's involved in several industry associations, earned a B.S. in general business from Miami University. Well, again, Bill, thanks for for joining us here. Thank you, Mike. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about the Rumpke, I should say companies?
2: Uh, It's it's actually Rumpke Consolidated Company is the official name of the company.
1: Rumpke Consolidated Companies. Okay. Why don't you tell us a little bit how the company grew to as large
2: as it has and maybe where you see the company going in the future. The Rumpke um, Rumpke Consolidator, Rumpke Waste and Recycling, actually started by my grandfather in the 1930s during the Great Depression. And it originally didn't even start as a waste company. He was a a local man in Carthage that was doing everything he can to earn a living, which included hauling coal and and other odd jobs, anything that he could do. And the transition into the waste uh, business kind of began from there. As he was hauling coal during the depression, very few people had money to pay him back for the coal, so he uh, was getting paid in livestock. Being from uh, Cincinnati, uh, with the you know, you know, formerly porkopolis and the the hog business in Cincinnati, he was paid in ho- by you know hogs, and um, from there he started farming. Like a lot of people did in the Depression, the, he did anything he could do to make a living. Eventually, he needed to find a way to feed uh, the hogs, and that's when the garbage collection started. Mm. As he collected waste, and he got some of his cousins and nephews to also collect waste to bring to feed the hogs. So it was kind of a transition from a just a regular trucking company to a waste collection company. That that was during the, the Great Depression. Then in 1945, he found a lot of property. He purchased a lot of property in Coleraine Township, Ohio, where our corporate headquarters is today, and our largest landfill in Coleraine Township that still exists today. But anyway, he started, uh, moved his livestock and his business to Coleraine Township and from where he originally started in Carthage, Ohio. And in Coleraine Township, it gave him the opportunity because he had a lot more land to grow their business even more and the business really grew as a family business as as he offered positions to uh, jobs to a lot of his nephews and other relatives to go out and collect waste and bring it back to feed the hogs eventually that was no longer permitted by the health department Uh, you couldn't feed swine anymore with garbage so Obviously, the business had grown to a point on the waste collection side that that's where he focused his efforts. So that was in the 1950s through the 50s and the 60s. The relatives, his relatives, continued to um, manage the business, run the business, and grow the business. Um, I should say early early on he partnered with his brother Bernard Rumpke, that also and he also was a big part of the growth of that business. Up until the early 70s when my father William Rumke Sr. and his cousin Bernard's son Thomas took the business over and they started managing the landfill and got involved more in the commercial side of the business while the the rest of the family continued to be focused on the residential collection of waste um, all through these years my grandfather and then my father and Tom collected waste, but also even back in the early days we were involved in uh, reuse and reduction of waste through different recycling efforts, originally as basic as feeding the pigs, but ultimately additionally pulling out um, cardboard and metals and rags and whatever could be pulled out of the waste and sold uh, as the business continued to grow. In the 1970s and early 80s, as my dad and Tom took a much more active role and became CEOs of the business, they grew the business um, a lot more, especially through the 1980s as they acquired a lot of different businesses through Indiana, through Kentucky, and through Ohio. Uh, they, it, was, it was quite a growth spurt, and the company continued to grow up until the um, early 2000s when at that time, my dad and Tom decided that uh, we needed to add a little bit more structure to the business. So at that time, um, I was afforded the opportunity to be named chief operating officer. And we um, restructured the way we manage our business. It had gotten so large, we needed to focus, focus the efforts. So we divided our business up into five regions. So we have five different vice presidents that report up to myself as the COO, and they focus on the growth of the the waste collection, the growth of the recycling business, as well as the growth of the landfill business. So as we continue to focus on reducing waste going into the landfills and recycling more, while remaining environmentally environmentally compliant, as our as our as our main goals, um, I also have a a group of individuals that are experts and line of business from the my director of landfills and hauling and recycling that bring additional focus, ideas, opportunities to the business so we can continue to develop and grow and be ahead of our competition in offering all, all types of sustainability opportunities. So it, it has really worked. It worked well. The business has grown well. So as it continued to progress through 2002, until most recently this year, I served. Uh, I had served as COO, um, and then earlier this year, my father, uh, Will, Bill Senior, um, told me that it was time for me to take the position of CEO. So he nominated me for that position, and I'm now I now sit as CEO. So I was a very 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 fortunate, and I was very fortunate to come up within the business, and really. Um, understand what the business is from the very ground level as a family business i i did almost everything that you know any of our employees would do from sweeping floors to collecting garbage to operating equipment to about every opportunity along the way so it really gave me insight into who we are what we should be where we can go and Gave me that opportunity to really uh, get a good, firm understanding of the industry as I came along before I was named CEO. Well, that's great. Let me ask you one, uh, one short question before we have to take our first commercial
1: break. Uh, how many different landfills does Rumke
2: operate today? We currently have, uh, we own 10 landfills and we operate one more for our county. So we either own or operate 11 different facilities. Um Rumpke's uh, I guess our our mission is to prov- to be the complete provider of waste services. That includes recycling as much as we can at all of our recycling plants, mm-hmm. includes um, environmentally safe uh, disposal of waste and also the collection of waste. Um, so it's it's we look at it as a a uh, you know, multi pronged approach. To providing the best service to to our customers or any new potential customers. Good. Uh, we'll be uh, right back
1: with uh, Bill after we take a, a short commercial break. We're going to uh, listen to Jimmy Fox talk about Tip Club. Tip Club is the networking group that I sponsor here in Cincinnati. The next Tip Club meeting is next Thursday, the 16th of October, from 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Jimmy, why did you... Take it away.
4: Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 730 to 9am at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270 That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event.
1: This is Mike Roth and Bill Rumpke. Bill, before the break, you uh, mentioned that you had Uh, recycling plants. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you recycle and how many plants you have and where they are and that kind of stuff.
2: So, um, yeah, we have multiple recycling plants. We have uh, one very, I mean, the very largest plant in Cincinnati, the very large plant in Columbus, Ohio, Dayton, Louisville, Kentucky. And those recycling plants primarily process the material that's collected at residences and also commercial businesses. So when recycling material is collected separately by our trucks, it brings the material into the plant where it's sorted, baled, processed, and resold. The types of material that we're currently taking are newspaper, cardboard, aluminum cans, um, plastic, Um, so it's uh, glass. Um, We also have a a processing plant in Dayton, Ohio, uh, that processes glass as well, uh, glass bottles. We also have a few smaller um, recycling regional type facilities that feed our two, our two very large plants are in Columbus and Cincinnati. Uh, our Cincinnati plant, uh, we recently uh, spent uh, about $32 million rebuilding that plant. It's, the state, it's a state-of-the-art facility that processes up to 60 tons per hour of recycling. So the way we see it, we have to process the material quickly, bale it, make sure that it's high quality so it can be resold into the marketplace. Um, and we have multiple vendors that buy different types of recycling material. But it's our job to get it off the street and make sure it's clean, make sure we don't have uh, greasy or dirty cardboard, and make sure that it's baled well and processed properly so it can be prepared to go and be sold and used and actually recycled. So it's very important that we, um, we get it off the, uh, get it from our customers' doors into that plant and that it's a good quality material and that we process it as, as efficiently as possible. Our um, recycling plant in Dayton has, our glass plant has quite a story behind it. So the Dayton facility is, um, takes all of the bottled glass from all of our facilities. So we'll bring um, any a local truck in Cincinnati or Columbus or Louisville or wherever we collect recycling, it'll go through one of the larger plants and the glass the glass product comes out the back end mixed together. So all different colored glass and sized glass, that's it's broken and that's fine. So the wine bottles? Yes. Everything. Uh, clear glass, flint, amber, all kinds of glass. And broken, it could be crushed to tiny pieces. So anyway, it comes out of our recycling plants, um, uh, some of our large plants, and they're all sh- it's all then all shipped to Dayton, at our Dayton facility. Um, the material is cleaned up more because occasionally it'll come in with um, contaminants, uh, dirt, or grit, or a um, you know maybe the lid from a, a metal lid or a plastic uh, ring from a from a bottle or something might be mixed in with the glass. Mm-hmm. So our Dayton facility sorts through mechanically sorts through that material. Uh, there are optic. There's an optic sorting system that sorts the material um, by color, by size, and separates it. Um, and we create several different products at that plant that we resell. One material we cl- we we sell is a finer material. That is actually sold into the insulation business, where the the product is used uh, by Johns Mansville, by Kanoff Industries, in the um, in the manufacturing of insulation for homes. Mm-hmm. We also create a, two different streams: uh, Flint and Amber glass, so clear clear or uh, brown gra- brown glass that's used in the um, to be turned back into bottles again. Mm-hmm. So it's actually recycled again. So we're selling that material into the market as well. So uh, the glass bottle that you put in your recycling bin at your house or mm-hmm. your business in Louisville and Cincinnati and Columbus or, you know, faraway cities that we where we collect ends up going through one of our plants, ends up going up in Dayton, Ohio, is processed and shipped back out and either turned back into another bottle or used in an insulation business. It could be a matter of days that it moves that entire process because so, we have to keep material moving quickly um, mm-hmm. as a, you because know, we have a lot of material coming through all of our facilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, are there any materials that wind up in a recycling plant that aren't recyclable? Yes, um, one of our challenges is education and mm-hmm. understanding by people we have there are some manufacturers that put recycling logos on containers that yes the product may be recyclable but at this point we may not be recycling recycling it or it just may be may not be economically feasible at this time to recycle the product so what happens to the material that we can't recycle we do we get everything we can out of the stream as it comes in but there's the material that we can't recycle um it ends up Going through the plant and ends up back um, back at one of our landfills. So, but we there is a small percentage. There is a small percent. It's probably um, it's right now. It's running about eight percent of the material that goes through our recycling plants ends up being contamination. Quite honestly, I think um, in large part because people just don't understand or. Uh, I don't know how much some people pay attention to the containers that they're putting their material in. They think it's a garbage container and they throw garbage in it. So we'll have some garbage that ends up in ends of our recycling plants occasionally. But you know that's our job to continue to educate people and let them understand what each container is for, what we can and can't take. Now that being said, we are always out looking for new opportunities to recycle more. So. Um, through our uh, my my director of recycling, my head of engineering, and you know any other industry people that we deal with, we're looking for new new opportunities to increase what we recycle. We got to be Ohio's recycling leader because of our innovation, because of our aggressiveness, and looking at opportunities to recycle more. Um, and we currently recycle any more than anybody else in the state of Ohio um residentially so we're going to continue to push that and do as good a job as we can providing that service to our customers and to the res- all of the residents that we service in Ohio, Kentucky and Indiana. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh things like yard waste where uh, we you put them in uh we put them in brown paper bags is that the kind of thing that, that Rumpke would take? Um it d- depends which city that you're in on how yard waste is handled. Um, in a lot of the communities in Greater Cincinnati, the yard waste ends up going to the landfill. Um, but from our perspective, that isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, at our landfill in, in, in Corrine Township, we have a, a, um, a system that takes the gas out of the landfill. Um, we partner with Montauk Energy and they help us um, pull the gas out of the landfill. Process it and clean it, and we actually sell the gas to Duke Energy. That landfill provides enough energy to uh, for 25,000 homes in the region. So, I mean, it's a, I mean, that is sustainability. That is recycling, and we're very proud of that fact. And I think a lot of people don't realize; um, they just see the big landfill, and there's obviously, you know, some people have a negative connotation. To a landfill, but the way I look at it, that's a big power plant sitting right there generating energy um, for people in the region. What type of gas is it, is it that you're selling it's back Methane gas. Metal. It's natural gas. Natural not, gas. Methane comes off the landfill, and it's cleaned up, and uh, it's natural gas that goes directly into the, nat- the gas line that, that Duke sells. Mm-hmm. I- I'm just wondering, do you ever contemplate
1: uh, running any of your trucks on the gas that you generate out of the
2: landfills? I think Amanda or somebody might have teed you up. For my, my communication director might have teed you up for this one. No, I, that <laughs> just came yeah. off the top of my head. We, we currently run um, approximately 60 trucks at, a, at our Cincinnati facility off of the natural gas. And every truck that, we're, that we are replacing or have replaced for the last several years, and we're going to keep doing this, will be running off of natural gas. So And this is natural gas coming out of your own landfill. You got it. So and that's and that's helping, and that's uh I guess we're full full circle here with our sustainability because we're collecting it, we're making gas, and we we're able to run the trucks off the gas that's created at our landfill more most recently, the technology in um in in trucks and engines has improved to the point where it really works and works well um that's why we don't have more trucks running because Really, in the last few years, it's gotten to the point where the, the technology in the truck is um, makes that a good uh, fuel-efficient truck to run. So, in, in these new trucks that you have, the sixty, their gas, their engine isn't a diesel and propane; it's just nope. propane. No, it's, it's natural gas. Just natural gas. It's called a, a CNG truck, compressed natural gas-powered truck. Mm-hmm. Trucks are more expensive, um, but they run more cleanly. Uh, again, getting getting back to our uh, to our goals of sustainability, they run more cleanly and they, and, you know, after we've already made the purchase, they run more cheaply, but the truck itself uh, is more expensive, but um, we think it's a really good opportunity. And we're going to continue to move forward. And our hope it is hope is that that'll help us against, um, you know, any fluctuating fossil fuel prices. Um, so do you compress the gas to turn it to compress natural gas on your own premises? Yeah, we, ha- we have, yes, we have a, um, uh, a system that it kind of looks like uh, when you plug your truck in, a, like a, at night, it kind of looks like a, a coupling device that you would see on your grill at home. Uh, you just kind of plug it in, and it's a slow fill system that fills that fills the truck overnight. So we have a generator in a uh, that does that. Okay, so it takes overnight to fill the truck. Well, it'll actually fill more quickly than that, but yeah, we let, leave them plugged in overnight until they fill up. So. There is technology for fast fill but we haven't we have, we aren't using that right now it's not necessary for our application.
3: Okay. Okay. Uh
1: let me take uh take you through one more question. Uh in the markets that you operate, well let me ask you about the, the Rumkey company. A lot of companies have grown over the years via acquisition and other companies have grown via generic growth. Which do you see Rumki as? Have you done a lot of
2: acquisitions, or have you grown by generic growth? We have have grown in several ways. Um, In the waste industry, the municipalities and businesses often offer the opportunity to bid on their services. So we've gotten a lot of business because our bid is better. Our service is very strong. We have a very good reputation for service. So we've gotten a lot of business because of that. But additionally. where we, we've grown through acquisitions, where we've bought out um, locations that you know wanted to be sold. So, um, for instance, there are landfills that we didn't be, we didn't start that we bought from competitors that wanted to get out of the business. So um, it's it's really a combination of both. And um, our focus is to try to provide recycling and waste and collection services within every market that we service, so we can have the answer. To, any, to our customers, any potential customers. We can provide all the service uh, uh, options for them. So uh, generally we don't go out in areas and um, do a lot of collection where we can't pick up the recycling and process it or we can't pick up the waste and um, put it away safely at our landfills. So that's kind of our business plan, and that's how we grow the business. Good.
1: We're going to take another commercial break. We're going to listen to a short commercial about the leadership program, which you can still buy some seats for. And then uh, one other Sandler commercial. This is Mike Roth. I wanted to invite you to an upcoming program on October 15th, both in Cincinnati and Columbus, Transforming Leaders the Sandler Way. This is based on the brand new Sandler book by Dave R. You can't transform an organization until you transform yourself. That's the idea behind this user-friendly, graphic-guided book that Dave has created. During the session, over three hours, you'll be exposed to all 52 critical leadership lessons which are grounded in Sandler coaching principles that support great careers and great teams. The main areas that will be covered are personal power, conviction, charisma, people skills, courage, ethics, and expertise. Each attendee will receive a book and a full-color companion deck of 52 cards as a reinforcement tool. Contact Brittany Robinson at 513-753-9400 extension 106 or email her at brittany.robinson at rothconsulting.net to reserve your place in this exciting new seminar. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never soar. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting. 513- 646-6523, or check our website at RothConsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back live with Bill Rumke. Uh, Bill, uh, you have both commercial collection business and a, a residential collection business, as well as the recycling. Uh, perhaps you can share with our listeners how you go to market for each one of those. You've talked a little bit about the
2: uh, municipal business, which is on the contract. So, we pay really close attention to what, um, to what our customers need and what they're, what they're looking for. So, our customers are looking, at, looking for waste reduction opportunities, looking for good, solid, regular service, um, looking for safe disposal of their waste where they don't have to worry about it ever again um, because, you know, we will take care of it. So. Um, that's what we have to sell and along with our the solid uh, reputation that we we've, we've developed since 1932 in Cincinnati um, and the family name that that we have and we feel we have a very good good strong um, good strong uh, business to offer an opportunity to offer our customers Mm-hmm. You operate under the Rumpke brand name and all the markets you operate in. I'm sorry. Do you operate under the Rumpke yes, name? Yes, we operate under Rumpke. It's, it's Rumpke Recycling, Rumpke Waste, or, or Rumpke, Rumpke Waste and Recycling in every market that we're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you could recount for our listeners what you think your unique marketing advantage is at Rumpke. Um, I think I believe our unique um, advantage that we have is as people know our reputation. People know that we are Ohio's recycling leader, know that we are on the, on the, the front edge, leading edge, looking for opportunities to reduce their waste even more. Um, and, and quite honestly, most people are looking for a fair price but consistent service and somebody that's looking out to make sure that, um, that, that they're going to take care of their service and be there and take care of their waste and recycling looking for new opportunities to constantly um, reduce their waste uh, waste stream and um, be there for them. And I feel we're, we're there. What do you think the opportunities and possibilities are for your company over the next few years? Well, as I look back, I guess I, I couldn't have imagined um, some of the recycling that we're doing today. So as we continue, um, a lot of it is driven by what opportunities are out there? Where, you know, where can we sell more recycling? Where can we um, continue to grow that business? Um, and that's what we're looking at. So we have a few things to, that we're looking at to, um, I guess, enhance sales opportunities from some different uh, lines of uh, lines of business, line of recycling. Um, so we're looking at that, and uh, we'll continue to look at that. So um, yeah. that's kind of the answer. it's Okay.
1: I'm just going to throw something at you off the wall again. You know, you have all these heavy trucks that that move on the streets of cities. Uh, Why wouldn't you put snowplows on them and sell snowplow
2: (laughs) services back to the cities? I guess snowplows would be an opportunity, and I know that they do that in some cities in the Northeast. But um, our our trucks are awfully busy just picking up waste, as it is right now. So I guess that could be a possibility, but um, um, those trucks, are uh, we work them pretty hard. Uh, the the way they are right now. But I guess that could be an opportunity going forward. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you use your own sales team? Yeah. um, um, Rumpke has its own sales team of over 100 um, sales reps. Uh, We've developed our own in-house sales training program. So we um, generally, the beginning salesperson um, would start as a commission rep, uh, just banging on doors. Uh, after they go through an extensive training program from from what we call Rumpke University, uh, it's a training program. to it's the product training um, and just training on every every service that we provide. Uh, we provide the the sales rep with tools to be successful and understand so they can understand how they need to get there and how many how many doors they need to knock on and how to manage the business because a lot of our business is under either a three- or five-year um, contract or agreement with mm-hmm. our competitors. So there's a lot of, um, I guess they do a lot of, uh, you know, wearing their shoes out, walking up and down, getting making finding out contract end dates, looking for opportunities to provide that service. That's kind of our entry-level sales position. Mm-hmm. Then we have more more um, generally a, a other sales positions where more experienced, it takes more experience. So, uh, which includes uh, account retention representatives, recycling representatives, industrial um, uh, salespeople. So they're looking at um, maybe the larger providers and the more complicated waste streams. So, and those reps will would get help. From our marketing director, and, or from our recycling director, or the local sales manager, on what opportunities we can provide uh, as we go into each um, commercial account. So in the commercial accounts, that would include construction companies that are putting up buildings. Yes, it would be con- it would be just retail. It would be construction. Um, it, additionally, we offer um, compactor services to um, department stores or large generators, where we have compaction equipment that our that our sales reps can sell. That um, reduces the volume of the material by, by um, compacting it into a, into a container to reduce the number of hauls uh, that we would have to make to uh, collect that person's waste. Good. Let me change the subject completely on you. Okay.
1: You've been running the company now in a leadership capacity for how many years again? Uh, in the top leadership since really 2002, since I was COO. Okay, so that's uh, about 12 years. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you could give some of the other leaders who are listening... A leadership tip or two.
2: I think what I tell some of my, my, my senior leaders of my um, of our business is to get out from behind your desk, get out from behind a computer, go out, talk to your employees, understand what motivates them, um, let them understand that you understand what they deal with on a daily basis, and that really gets them more um, focused on doing the job and more committed to the business, which will ultimately lead to to success.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: Have you heard anything that people in your company are looking for from their leaders?
2: I think that's it. I think they want to hear from us. Um, Again, it doesn't do a lot of good to not get out and not not see what the customer wants or not see what uh, what the employees are dealing with. Um, I don't know how you can make a decision uh, as a senior leader of a company um, if you don't totally understand the needs of the employees and or the needs of the customer. So it's very important to get out there and, um, and communicate. And, you know, don't be, uh, even though you might have a C in front of your name, don't, be too, uh, don't feel like you're too important to get out and still do the job and, and, un- and understand what it takes to do the job. Uh, are you looking at adding new employees to the company this year? Our Rumkey is constantly growing. Uh we are currently at about twenty six hundred employees. We've added uh about two hundred employees in the past year. Um looking at looking at potentially new salespeople, new I mean really from top to bottom, uh new drivers, new from, you know, every position. So um it's a constant um we have a, we're constantly searching for people dedicated people good people that want to become part of our family and you know want to have a place to really feel like they can contribute we have um we've developed a an internal leadership program to prepare some of the um the less experienced people to move up within the organization we we started that about 2 years ago and we've already seen some good results from that. The, the senior The senior leaders of our business put together a plan, a organization, a training uh, module, and it was a 12 a month course that people were identified that were had identified people and they went through our course. The majority of the um, 12 people that went through the program have already received promotions, and they're prepared for a larger role within the firm. That being said, as our workforce, as our company ages and we get older, we have more and more people recycle, or retiring, mm-hmm. I'm looking constantly, f- um, you know, for new people uh, n- that are excited about the opportunity to become part of our business. Mm-hmm. The Internet
1: has grown up around us over the last 15 years. What is Rumpke doing
2: uh, on the Internet? We are very involved with the Internet. Um With all the social uh, all the social media that's out there, we have to be responsive um, to our customers or to the public in general. Um, Quite often, we'll get uh, or we'll see or hear about complaints or or compliments, which is great, but they never come as often. But we hear about it on Facebook or Twitter, Uh, so we're involved on Facebook, Twitter, um, Pinterest, LinkedIn. Um, we have a multitude of um, websites uh, that we manage. Uh, there's an educational website that we have called Rumpke Clean and Green that was created specifically to educate um, students or um, a- you know any kind of business that wants to go look and understand what we do and how we do it. I welcome you to go look at rumpkecleanandgreen.com. We also have just our uh, our basic base uh, website of Rumpke.com, where you can look at service service offerings that we have, apply for a job job there, or uh, look at find out who we are and what we're all about. Additionally, we have another um, uh, website called WilliamThomasGroup.com, which is a company that that we use to help manage um, some of our broker business. So um also we are involved on YouTube where we have uh about 40 different videos on on YouTube some again educational videos some training videos and some um I guess day in the life type videos that that are quite interesting I I encourage everybody to go take a look at those sites So do you actually have your own employees that do do all these websites Yes we have a um we have a team of um communications people. Amanda Pratt is the our director of uh, communications and she has several people that work underneath her uh, that manages website also manage communication as you can as you can imagine in the waste industry you know we have landfills, we have trucks on the roads so it's very important us important for us to be ready to communicate our message and to um make sure that everybody understands uh, Rumke's point of view on things. Uh, they also are very helpful in um, preparing any kind of uh, uh, community uh, responses that we have or, or any other kind of um, interaction that we have with our customers or municipalities or any governmental-type uh, meetings that we have to become involved with. We're
1: going to take a, uh, a short commercial break here. We're going to listen to uh, Carl Graf talk about Sailor Rule Number
3: Two.
5: Hi, I'm Carl Graf with Sailor Training, and I'm here to talk about Sailor Rule Number Two: Don't spill your cannon lobby. So what does a spilled box of candy got to do with a sales call? Everything. When you go on a sales call, you take your box of candy. Your box of candy is your knowledge, your expertise. And salespeople are so anxious to open and spill their candy. When a prospect shares a concern that might be able to be addressed by your product and services, the salesperson launches into presentation mode highlighting their features and benefits. They might throw in a third-party testimonial or two for good measure. Candy, candy, and more candy. While there's time to share your candy, of course, it's during the formal presentation, demonstration, process, review. And that's only if you and the prospect together have truly understand the issues they're trying to resolve. In the initial phase of the sales call, leave the candy in the box. Your task is to fully understand the prospect situation. You have to make sure that you uncover the prospect's issues before you make your presentation. During the initial phase of the sales call, the candy must remain in the box. Your task is to uncover the prospect's uh, uh, issues. Your task is to ask questions to uncover the problems that need to be addressed or the goals that need to be achieved. Your task is to truly identify if your products and services will truly address and help the prospect. Your task is to leave the candy in the box. If you're routinely dropping off material, information, marketing material without truly understanding the prospect's buying motives, then you're creating the habit of spilling your candy in the lobby. Ask yourself this question, if they, if they have your information, if they have your pricing, do they really ever need to talk to you again? Ask yourself. Would they ever take your information and shop your competitors? Get enough facts to fully understand the opportunity, and if you get far enough through the development cycle to make a presentation, then open your box of candy. Yes, you should and can help the prospect, but the best way to help them early on in the process is to ask them questions, talk as little as possible, and get them to talk as much as possible. Your task is to gather the information, not dispense it, and save the box of candy for later.
1: This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Bill Rumke. Bill, we have a theory of operation here at uh, Sandler Training by Roth & Associates that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. So if you want to solve a complex problem, you have to have an equally complex solution. Perhaps you could share with our audience a complex problem that you guys ran into at Rumke and the equally complex solution that you used to solve it.
2: Probably the thing that, that jumps to mind about the, um, a problem that we've dealt with is the lack of understanding and the education that we have to um, to bring to our customers and to the general public about who we are, about what we do, really about the industry as a whole, from the negative connotation around landfills to what is able to be recycled. Um, so I think that's um that's part of the reason why we make such a so much of an effort take so much of an effort. For our communications group to educate customers through a very wide uh, wide range of avenues on on what what we can recycle, uh, what what belongs in that in that uh, recycling container, what our landfills are all about, and um, I think there is a uh, maybe a fear of what a landfill is or a misperception of what a landfill is so what we've done is a multifaceted educational approach to everybody that we can that we can touch every customer everybody publicly so that's why we give so many landfill tours to show customers show the public show kids uh, what a landfill looks like and that it's not this big scary you know negative thing how many landfill tours a month do you guys do? Uh, we do a tremendous amount. Of th- we do hundreds of tours a year at our la- at our landfill. Really? I've, I've, right lived, town, so. I've lived in Cincinnati for 23 years. Well, you need to come out and take a tour of the landfill. <laughs> I'll have to take a tour of the landfill with you. you know? So anyway, so anyway, we, we bring people to the landfill. We show them what it is so maybe there isn't such a negative connotation with it and they can understand how well the waste is being managed so uh, it will not have an impact on um, on the environment so we do the education we and you know we've developed websites um, educational websites to show that um, we have constant communication through several uh, media sources um, about you know how we manage landfills additionally um, the we have the a similar problem as far as education in our recycling plants, where I think, I don't know if it's a lack of education or just lack of people paying attention, uh, again, to what they're putting into the recycling um, containers. And we've had situations where we've had fires in our recycling plants, because people will throw bottles of uh, uh, chlorine that is half that's half full, and that'll mix with some other liquid that somebody put in a recycling container, um, so we're constantly trying to educate the public. Uh, we, we don't need another fire at a recycling plant. It's a big mm-hmm. challenge. Uh, obviously, when, for the safety of our employees and for us to be able to continue to um, properly recycle the material, we only want the material in the plant that we can recycle. So if you, if anybody has any questions about what we can take in our recycling plants, uh, please look at our uh, Rumpke Clean and Green websites or a lot of the literature that we've distributed. So there's an actual website that says whether or not they can take a yes. can of paint. Yes. Rumpke Clean and Green and also just the, the rumpke.com website.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: Uh, does Rumpke ever
1: have a uh, a special pickup day or work with some of the cities for some of the
2: more hazardous wastes? We don't collect hazardous waste, but some cities have hazardous we- hazardous waste collection days. Where they have a hazardous waste uh company take it. So you guys don't take things like we, computer monitors. We do not. No, it's not part of what we do. Okay. But you'll take wine bottles. <laughs> yes, we will. Okay. Um
1: what motivates you, Bill, to make tough decisions in business?
2: Um, I I'm I guess I was just growing up uh with my father and just his dedication to the business and dedication to the family business, that was really um rooted in me deep, uh, early in life. And, you know, I've always wanted to be in the position that I'm in. I felt like I was, uh, uh, kind of groomed for the position that I'm in. And I'm very, very proud to be in this, in the position. Um, I'm very proud of our employees. I'm very proud of the name, the Rumpke name, and we're going to continue to do everything we can, um, to be the leader uh, for waste and recycling collection uh, to, to all of our customers, and and make the right decisions to do the right thing, and that's what our company is all about. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you first started working for, Rumpke, for your dad? Uh, I started work. I started going with my dad to work before I was really working. But I remember riding riding in a truck with him at, at four or five years old. Uh, I actually started drawing a paycheck when I believe I was twelve years old, eleven or twelve years old, just um in the summer times or after school after school, doing whatever I could do, sweeping floors, cutting you know, mowing the lawn, doing whatever I can maintenance wise. And again I um it gave me the opportunity to really as I moved up, I could understand what you know, what all of our what I we're asking all of our employees to do. So I've kinda of done it all. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Uh, there are three components of, of growth
1: uh, of companies that I like to, to talk about. People, process, and strategy. Could you talk for a couple of seconds about each one? People, strategy,
2: and process? Certainly. Um, people to our company, are, are that's who our company is. It's all about our people. We're a service company, so we take care of our people, and we expect that our people will take care of our customers. Uh, We've developed a lot of um, training programs to prepare our employees um, so they can do the best job they can and so they totally understand what we're asking of them. Uh, We've implemented training programs, the Rumpke University training program for our salespeople. We have uh, a tremendous driver training program where we're able to help drivers get their commercial driver's license um, and also, just if they come in with their commercial driver's license, teach them safety. Teach them how we want them to drive the trucks. Uh, we also have employee relations training. Um, additionally, we have media training that my communications department uh, helps manage. So everybody that's ever gets in front of a camera is more comfortable. Uh, more in front of a microphone is more comfortable speaking in front of the in front of the microphone, and so they understand that. Um, They need to make sure that they keep going back to their key points and Mm -hmm. get the message across that they want to get across. And finally, I guess the more advanced training program is what I mentioned earlier, our our Leadership and Personal Development Academy that I'm very proud of and we're going to continue to do every couple of years. In that program, we identify um, future leaders of the company. So it's kind of a way to... um, to identify them, to let all of the senior management team know who they are, gives them the exposure to all the senior management team, um, lets them understand all aspects of the business. So, for example, one of the candidates could be primarily um, in the recycling line of business right now. He doesn't have a lot of knowledge in hauling or landfill. Well, exposing him to all of the senior management team and all of the training will give him that experience or her that experience in all lines of business so they're prepared to move up in the organization as opportunities present themselves.
1: It's interesting because that parallels uh, a great deal with uh, Joe Riva, the new CEO of Hillenbrand, said. And uh, then we had Tony Casablanca from Rotex on, mm-hmm. and he said almost the same thing but yeah. with slightly different words. Yes, Give the people cross-functional uh, experience.
2: Absolutely. I would rather find the individuals that are motivated, the smart individuals that are motivated, that want to move up within our organization than going out and finding um, senior leadership from some other organization. Now, occasionally we do that if you know if we need a senior leader or if somebody is exceptional coming from the outside, but I would much rather develop our own leaders so they really have the same culture. Um, that we have and really understand understand how we expect the business to be managed.
1: That's really good. Do you want to mention anything, uh, Bill, that I haven't ac- accidentally touched?
2: Um, I guess probably um, what I haven't talked about much is kind of uh, our company's um, strategic planning mm-hmm. and how we decide what we're going to do, where we're going to go next uh, with, you know, a um, – Recycling initiative or a you know potential entering a new market, um, we make those decisions at a um, at a senior level, but with input from the all of the region vice presidents, um, the and my senior management team. So we look hard at opportunities. We look to see where it's been successful in the past, uh, or if it's something new. Uh, we do our research and look really hard we do we have stuck our neck out some here and there, and we've had op- we've had opportunities that haven't succeeded but um you know you can't always uh, be successful at every venture but all in all i think i think um we make the decisions based upon the best information that we have, so uh we can make the right decision and um you know if it's if it's um, in the glass uh operation or that we did several years ago. Uh, that's paid off. A little bit of a risk, it's paid off, and I think we've had more that have paid off than um, than haven't. Good. Bill,
1: I want to thank you for uh, being on the show today. I'm going to give you uh, two of our books. One is The Transforming Leaders, the Sandler Way, which is going to be the basis of the course next week, as well as the, uh, the Sandler uh, book on Why Sales People Fail and What to Do
2: About It. Thanks uh, again for... Uh, uh, thank you very much, Mike. I appreciate the opportunity. I really enjoy... Uh, talking about my family business, so whenever I have the opportunity, I uh, I jump on that chance. Great, thanks for coming, Bill. All right, thank you, Scott. Take it away.
0: Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth and Associates Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at Mike Roth at rothconsulting dot net or call Mike at five one three seven five three Nine four zero zero.